Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for Vegas Nation and Blue Wire Network. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. Certainly our, our thoughts and prayers with Coach Madden's um, family. Um, you know, we lost an icon in the world of football, certainly in, um, in the National Football League, but really um, the, the world of football has lost an icon. And, and um, it's, it's hard to say that um, you can find another person that has gone through all the genres that he's gone through and been ultra successful like that. Um, I had a chance to meet him when I was a young coach in the NFL in Tampa and came through and I just had a chance to to shake his hand and it was kind of like my hand disappeared. You know, he was such a big man and he, he lit up the room and he had this way in which he made everyone else in the room feel really good about themselves and you're actually excited about meeting Coach Madden. And um, in my conversation with owner Mark yesterday, you know, his comment was, you know, he's a Raider. And um, so I certainly understand that and, and um, have a great understanding of what a Raider is, uh, certainly by the example that Coach Madden left here along with the entire National Football League. So it's a great loss. And again, our thoughts and prayers are with his family. Oh, yeah, I'm probably the best at, uh, at his video game of all time. Um, but I, uh, you know, I didn't get much time to be around him. Uh, the times that he did come by, it was very brief uh, in my eight years here. Um, uh, but hearing stories, um, some really cool stories actually about him from, you know, some of the guys throughout the years. Um, every time he was around, just such, uh, such an amazing man. Um, you know, so kind. Uh, always, you know, everyone said he was a coach. He was definitely always a coach. You know, um, and uh, you know, I don't, I didn't have any personal stories. Um, or anything like that. Um, I know that my my uncle actually uh, got in a fight in training camp one year, and Coach Madden ran over to stop it, and he actually slipped in the mud and got all muddy. And so my uncle thinks maybe that's the reason he got cut uh, one of the times. But uh, <laughs> you know, the you know it's um, cool family stories for us to share and talk about. But um, you know, I I didn't I didn't know him personally, but when he was around, you know, being able to talk to him and see him was, was pretty cool. But, you know, he, he has such a legacy. Obviously, the kids and everybody nowadays thinks about the video game and, um, you know, uh, and all those things and the legacy he's left there. But, you know, what he, was, what he was able to do with his career is pretty awesome as well. What's up, everybody? And welcome to the Vegas Nation Takeaways Edition. I'm your host, Heidi Fang here. And right there off the top, you heard from Raiders interim head coach Rich Bisaccia, as well as Derek Carr, speaking about the legacy that John Madden left behind, who he was, what he meant to the organization, to the Raiders. And as they look ahead to their Colts game coming up on Sunday with such huge implications, you have to wonder if everything that Madden preached to this organization, what he stood for, will be in the back of their minds as they go into Indianapolis. So before we get into more about John Madden here and remember who he was, as well as preview the Colts game with Miles A. Simmons from Pro Football Talk, I want to remind everybody to hit subscribe 
wherever you're listening. And also check everything out that we're doing on VegasNation.com. This show is brought to you by, as well as all of our Vegas Nation podcasts, Station Casinos, SDN Sports. Download that mobile app today and get a bonus of up to $100 when you sign up. We're also presented to you by TickPick from Blue Wire. All right, again, I talked there about John Madden and his passing at age 85 on Tuesday morning. He passed away unexpectedly. Um, The life of John Madden is something that cannot be encapsulated in just mere words. It's not something that you can just remember and say, hey, he was the winningest coach in Raiders history because he was more than that. He was a larger than life personality who transcended generations as words transcend everything that we hear, live, breathe, do when we talk about football. Everybody thinks about John Madden drawing on the telestrator, those crazy, you know, plays that he would draw up and you would hear Pat Summerall talk to him and all the things that he would say when he was out doing the commentary and the color commentary for all of the games. Um, it was special. It was unique. There's nobody alive today or nobody that has done color commentary that can do anything that Madden did because it was just really unique the way that he covered the game. He talked what was on his mind. There was no filter. He didn't worry about whether the PR staff would be upset about how he talked about uh, different things on the field that he saw and his observations, or if he put his hand into Turducken to cut it (laughs) instead of waiting for a fork or knife. Those are just some of the things I remember Uh, You think about how he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame and how everything um, that he stood for still has not been topped by any coach in the National Football League as far as winning percentage. And the words that he would say to his team, there's three things that I asked for you. And one of them was, when I tell you to play like hell, you deliver that. And you think about, the other comments that he had about his life and working in football, that it was never worked to him because he had football and what he would do to be able to live that life, such as driving a bus, you know, a Madden cruiser, he would take it out from game to game to city to city to be able to do his job because he had lost some friends in a plane crash, which caused him a lot of anxiety and claustrophobia. So his mode of transportation largely was that bus. And there's nobody that had his trademark on this sport like John Madden. For those who remember him out of the EA Sports video game. I mean, for myself, that's how I learned a lot about football. The game plays what a defense uh, would look like against a pass, what a defense should look like against the run. I learned so much of that from John Madden. And of course, from generation to generation of my family, my father remembers him as a coach. I remember him more as a commentator and somebody that I thought was like hilarious when I woke up uh, for watching football on any given day and just waiting for him to say anything like, uh, hey, there's the mom Gatorade cooler. There's the dad Gatorade cooler. That was something that we saw in a recent documentary that was put up about Madden. And you hear all the players and how much they loved him. Nobody can say enough good things about John. John Madden. So on this day, which is Wednesday as I speak here, 
it's a uh, time to give a moment of remembrance for John Madden and uh, think about all of the great people he affected in life and the players that he touched and how much of a mark he'll leave with this Raiders organization. So those are my words there on John Madden. I thought we needed to be able to address that today before I got into anything else with uh the game ahead here, a major game for the Raiders facing the Indianapolis Colts on the road and a necessary win here for these Raiders to make the playoffs. And, you know, speaking of playoffs, that's something I did not mention there was John Madden delivering the Raiders their first Super Bowl win after the 1976 season. Um, the 10 years that he was a coach with this team, he never had a losing season, never. And being the youngest coach in the history of the game at the time when he was brought in by Al Davis to be a head coach for the Raiders, the success that he had there, 103-32-7 in the regular season. That's amazing. You can't even measure that nowadays with anybody. There's nobody that comes close, really. I mean, maybe Bill Belichick might be right there, but just uh, still ranking first all-time among coaches with at least 100 wins with his win percentage. It's truly remarkable in all the accomplishments and how he was able to bring home the first Super Bowl trophy for the Raiders organization. So um, John Madden, again, we remember him, his legacy here, and from all of us at Vegas Nation. And you can check out the great article that Adam Hill put out about John Madden and his legacy to read all about everything that he was, uh, the pick that he was for the Eagles in 1958, but unfortunately had that knee injury. So he never played a snap in the NFL, but he sure lived, breathed in everything just with this game and this sport. And for, I think anybody, you can ask anybody that, you know, they know something about John Madden, whether it's the video game, whether it's a commentary, whether it was him as a coach or a personality in movies or commercials and tough act and act and, and John Madden, John Madden, forgive me, left his mark on the sport and with the Raiders organization. EA Sports also put out a statement on John Madden's passing and said, Today we lost a hero. John Madden was synonymous with the sport of football for more than 50 years. His knowledge of the game was second only to his love for it and his appreciation for everyone that ever stepped on the gridiron. A humble champion, a willing teacher, and forever a coach. Our hearts and sympathies go out to John's family, friends, and millions of fans. He will be greatly missed always remembered and never forgotten. <laughs> Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite.
Raiders football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Raiders tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Now led under interim head coach Rich Bisaccia, everyone's going to want to see how the Raiders season continues to unfold and if they are in fact a playoff bound team. That's why you've got to visit TickPick.com slash Vegas Nation today to save $10 on your first order of Raiders tickets. I think the one thing that always comes to my mind as a young person watching him on the sideline was just his energy and his enthusiasm and his zeal for, for football. I think for me personally, that, that's what I would say, him jumping up and down and um, his hands. And, you know, I, I can remember when he did the, the beer commercials, if I'm correct, he, he, he came out of the paper and, you know, he threw his hands through there, and, which if you look at him on the sideline, his hands were always in motion. He's nonstop movement. And, and so for me, I think his, the zeal he always seemed to have for football. And, and then I, I would say his, his, uh, um, his feelings for players. You know, it became very obvious when he got involved with the, the all Madden team and those things that, you know, his evaluation and his thoughts on, on players and, and um, how that became so popular uh, within the National Football League. And then those guys, you know, playing to be on the all Madden team. It's something everybody wanted to do because he had such an uh, affinity for players and, and uh, what they brought to the game. So for me, it's a great zeal and, and his emotions. Um, those sort of things. And I think when they've been playing all the replays, you, you see all that from him, you know. So we, we, we've lost a, you know, a, a dear man. Welcome back to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's Heidi Fang here, your host, and I'm joined now by Miles Simmons. And I do want to read this out here before I jump into this interview, because Miles and I did actually record on a Tuesday. And it was Tuesday morning, and at the time, Carson Wentz had just been placed on the COVID reserve list. Now, as of the morning, Wednesday, the new rules for the NFL are following what the uh, CDC guidelines are. So that means that a player can return five days after being placed on the list after having COVID, uh, as long as they are asymptomatic and test negative still. So I believe they're keeping within those rules. Now, that would mean Carson Wentz could be available come Sunday, Sunday being his fifth day. But as of right now, the team is still leaning towards Sam Ellinger. Now, Miles and I talked about that, what it could mean, and everything else about the Colts Raiders game, playoff implications, and more. So let's get into that now with Miles Simmons. Let's welcome him to the show. Miles, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Heidi. It is always good to talk to you, first of all. As you, as you said, we're friends, but also anytime I get to talk football with you, I'm happy. So yay. And I try to do it more often than not. And I'm just glad that we get the opportunity, especially during football season, because you're so oh, yeah. busy with all that you do out there. And um, I, I just want to, first of all, start it off with what we saw here with the Raiders taking their win over um, the Broncos this past game and what that meant to their playoff hopes, first of all, because right now it's 
the old Al Davis saying, just win, baby, and they can get their way into the playoffs. Do you think this team has the potential to do so? Oh, it's so weird just because, you know, now that there are seven teams per conference, and I, I like to say that the NFL added one too many teams per playoff conference. Cause like, and this is, you know, not really what we're supposed to be talking about, but like if you have seven teams per conference and now you only get one buy, like I just, I don't like the fact that the second seed doesn't get a buy anymore. I felt like the NFL had the perfect playoff system, blah, 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 blah. That's neither here nor there. But yes, I think that the, the Raiders do have a shot at getting in it, but I mean, we've been basically been able to say the same thing about the Raiders for the last two years, right? Like if they continue to win, if they don't have any egg on their faces in their last few performances, then they can go into the postseason. But in 19, you know, when I was working with you, right, then they went out and they lost games. Right? They went out and they just didn't perform well enough at the end of the season. Um, and they had a chance to get there against the Broncos in week 17 that year. And then they went and they lost. So the, it, one that's one thing. And then last year you get similar things. And then this year, I, I did not necessarily expect them to beat the Broncos. And, you know, they were able to because the Broncos just had no semblance of any offense whatsoever. And you could kind of say the same thing about that Monday game against the Browns, right? They were able to continue to win because they, they the Browns had no semblance of offense whatsoever because all their dudes were on the COVID list. So the Raiders have lucked into some good situations. Now they have to be able to continue to do the right things and play the right way. And they're going into another game where the Colts may be hit pretty hard by that COVID bug. So you have to go out there and take advantage and play the opponents when you're supposed to play them and do whatever you have to do to win. If they win, you know, they, they win these last two. Yeah. They, they, probably should make the playoffs, but the, <laughs> where the AFC is right now, it's so topsy-turvy that even if they do, I'm not sure if they will. I mean, what do you think about the two-star players that the Colts kind of being out between uh, Carson Wentz and Darius Leonard, the possibility that neither of them plays? As we record this right now, the, there hasn't been no reporting that Carson Wentz tested positive, but I feel like if it were just he was going on the COVID list for a close contact, the Colts would have gotten that out there in some way very, very quickly. So until we hear something else, then I feel like it's a little bit safe to assume that Carson Wentz would have did test positive and that he's going to be out for this game. So what does that mean? Well, Sam Ellinger is going to be up for them unless, you know, somehow they go out and they get uh, like a Philip Rivers to come in and play. And he's, you know, coming off the street, but still knows their offense. Um, and Ellinger performed decently well in some of those preseason games. Um, they liked him better than Jacob Eason, who also had been there uh, for the Colts. And, you know, when Carson Wentz was out with that injury from uh, the foot injury for most of training camp, it went from Jacob Eason to Ellinger because they like Ellinger and what he was doing with the offense a little bit more. So he's still there. They also have Brett Hundley, who has some playing experience. But I mean, this is the kind of thing that really the Colts were playing with fire the whole year with this situation. When you have an unvaccinated quarterback, right, you knew that at some point, especially over the last month or last few weeks, as things have really started to explode, at some point, the backup QB was probably going to have to play. Now, if the Colts do make the playoffs, and I still think that there's a good chance that they can. The good thing is that there's now a testing holiday with uh, Carson Wentz after testing positive, again, presume that he did, um, for 90 days, right? And that would take you through the Super Bowl. So it's not like this is going to be a problem if they make it to the postseason, but they still have to make it to the postseason. And so when you lose your quarterback 
for a critical late season game because of something like this, especially when there's no possibility of him coming off the COVID list early. Boy, that kind of stings. The Raiders have made uh, art out of playing up to the competition and winning on the road, Miles. Uh, I don't think anybody really had them in the win column when they went into the Dallas and, and Thanksgiving Day to win that game. And yet they performed, I think, at probably one of the best levels that I've seen out of them all year. What have you taken away out of the last few games, uh, what you've seen with the Raiders and how they've been able to pull off what they've done against Cleveland and again against uh, the Broncos in the last two wins that they've had? I think it's, it, it shows a lot of resilience. You know, when you have a coach that's already departed the franchise, let's just call it that, um, with John Gruden and also, I mean, everything that happened with Henry Ruggs in that situation, it's you, this team has gone through a lot and a lot more than most teams would ever go through. Um, and, you know, you, you have a good start and then you go two and five and then you end up where you are. And it's like, all right, well, we still have a lot to play for. And I think that you got to give credit to the locker room leaders, guys like Derek Carr, who've been with the Raiders for so long and understand, understand what that locker room is and understand what it takes to keep guys motivated. Um, and, you know, you got to give credit to Riz Passaccia and also uh, your coordinators and Gus Bradley and Greg Olson too, because I mean, those, it, it, the staff, I think is one of the biggest reasons that those guys have been able to stay together and not just completely fold in the tent because what's interesting right now is you've only got two teams with coaching vacancies, right? And the NFL had put in this new thing where guys where teams can request assistance um, to, for head coaching interviews earlier than ever before, because we're still got two weeks left in the season. And so this is one of those times where, you know, you can have a zoom with a different team's coordinator and try to get a head start on your head coaching search. And based on the way things have gone for the Raiders, I mean, after they lose to Kansas city, to me, it was kind of like, all right, well, you know, that that's it. Yeah. I guess that's the way this is going to go again. You know, you get a late season loss in Kansas city and that signals the end of basically what is going on yeah. um, with this season for the rich, but then they are resilient. You know, they come back, they've, they've beaten teams in the last few games. And again, those teams have been down, but at the same time, you got to play the teams that are on the schedule. And so you still have to go out there and win. And I think it, uh, it, it is a credit to the Raiders that they've been able to execute. And it, it's a credit to their resilience. Cause especially, you know, when Nick Mullins gets that late touchdown in Cleveland, it's like, Whoa, is this really happening? Right. But then, and then they get the, the interception, but then the defense goes out there and the defense gets the stop, right? It, it's a play where, yeah, everybody knows that Nick Chubb is going to get it and Nick Chubb is going to run the ball. But a lot of times the Browns have been able to convert those, yeah. you know, and that's one of their strengths is running late in games in the fourth quarter. And again, like they didn't have significant pieces of their OL, but when the Raiders go out there and they stop it, that, that, that's still a big deal. So, like I said, I think it's all about the resilience that this team has shown, and they're going to have to show a lot more this week against the Colts. You mentioned that Raiders defense there and how they were able to get up for uh, Nick Chubb and stopping him. They held him to under hundred yards. Obviously this game against the Broncos, it, it turned into a very one dimensional approach from the Broncos because mm -hmm. Drew Locke was at the helm. And so the Raiders were able to contain those two uh, Melvin Gordon and uh, Javante Williams. But when 
you start thinking about what the defense has done well to contain the run in the last few games, because prior to this, it was like, a, a you know, everybody was like, Hey, we can run against this team. We can run against right. this defense, even if the pressure's there, what have they done to make the corrections necessary to be able to stop the run game from the opposing teams in the past couple of games? Well, I, I do think some of it is personnel and some of it's been approach, right? I mean, you get Denzel Perryman back in that last game against uh, the Broncos, and that obviously has a huge, huge effect. You can tell how things are different when he's in there. And I think the way that he kind of sets the tone, you know, against these different offenses, that really, really helps. And obviously he wasn't there against the Browns, but still it, it I feel like guys who've kind of grown in the scheme and they've been able to figure out exactly what their run fits need to be in order to make sure that guys aren't just, you know, plowing through them um, completely. And that, but frankly, I mean, you know, we, we talked about this game coming against the Colts, like, boy, th this is going to be tough if all the guys were placed on, uh, the COVID list early this week, stay on the COVID list. I mean, it's basically almost the entire linebackers room, right? I mean, yeah. Will Compton's not on it. Diablo's not on it. And I think there was one other linebacker that wasn't on it. And I'm sorry, I don't have it right in front of me right now, but I mean, Perryman's on. You got Littleton, you know, all these dudes. Yeah, I think it was Mark Kelly that's not yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> it just popped in there. But yeah, Perryman, KJ Wright, uh, Corey Littleton, all those guys just got placed on the COVID list. So you have to hope that they can test out of it because if not, then it could be a very long day, no matter who's playing on the Colts OL, because look, you, you see what they did against the Arizona Cardinals where, you know, it wasn't necessarily the best, best game for uh, somebody like Jonathan Taylor, but he was still able to get a hundred yards. And the funny thing about the Colts this year is that they won nine games. They've lost six games, right? So in the nine games that Jonathan Taylor's rushed for a hundred yards, they've won the six games that he hasn't, they've lost. So if you want to beat the Colts, you got to stop Jonathan Taylor from getting to hundred yards. I don't know if the Raiders are going to be able to do that if they don't have linebackers. It's crazy when you think that his previous game against the Cardinals for Jonathan Taylor it was a quiet game for him. And he had like 108 yards on like 27 yeah. carries. It's insane. Yeah. But um, on the offensive side of the ball, the Raiders were able to finally get their run game going with Josh Jacobs in this one um, Colts defense. If they, you know, do, do not have some of their star players as well, because they are, they do have 12 and they, they have three linebackers as well on their COVID mm -hmm. list and a couple of cornerbacks. So if you're looking at what the Colts defense could be, I know that's hard to imagine, but what do you think the Raiders have done well with their run game and with their offensive schemes to really get it going the way that they did in the second half of the game against the Broncos. And how does that translate to the Colts game? Well, you'd hope that Josh Jacobs can continue to run like he was running. I mean, and I, I said this on Twitter, I think during the game, it was kind of like, man, I don't know if we've seen such a dominant drive by Josh Jacobs. Like we had in that first drive of the second half of against the Broncos in years, Right. Yeah. It, it had been maybe since 2019 since we've seen Josh Jacobs go out and be just that dominant. And he had a great game tied to career high in yards against the Broncos. So you want that to be able to continue because that's the way the Raiders can win. Right. You play that ball control offense and then you try to get ahead. And then if teams get behind, then you can send uh, Ngakwe and Crosby and that good pass rush that both of those guys get. So in terms of like what Josh Jacobs has to do, I just think it's still, you know, meshing with that offensive line well and 
fortunately, they were able to do that against uh, the Broncos last week. And if Josh Jacobs can continue that kind of running, you know, where he's getting four or five yards a carry, it looks more like he was when he was a rookie than kind of he has the last couple of years. And I don't know if it's just him being healthy, him feeling comfortable, you know, the him just saying, you know, man, I, I lost a fumble. I've got to run angry, whatever it is. He's got to continue to do that because that is really what's going to help that offense in general. Because look, when you're playing without Darren Waller, and I, I saw the comments from Rich Pisacci, and they think uh, hopefully he will be able to be back this week, but you're also without Brian Edwards last week too. You needed somebody like that to step up and really be able to control a game from an offensive standpoint. When Josh Jacobs is running like that, that makes the Raiders tough to beat. What about Deshaun Jackson? I mean, he hasn't been really a big factor in the Raiders offense at all, but do you think that they look and say, how do we get him more involved in the game? And, and what do we do to uh, get Deshaun the ball more downfield? Is that something that you think could happen in this game? Because I don't think anyone right now is respecting deep passes coming from the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we saw a little bit of it in that Thanksgiving game that you mentioned against the Cowboys where, you know, Sean Jackson makes a big play. And I think that there could be some opportunity to do that against the Colts as well, because they have not necessarily been the best covering deep passes. They've had some issues with their corners. So this could be an opportunity where you really do want to scheme that up within the game plan and say like, Hey, there are two to three deep shots that we maybe want to take with Deshaun Jackson, depending on where we are in the field and what the situation is during the game. But I definitely think that that's something that they can prepare for. Look, you, you brought in him for a reason, right? And he can stretch the field. He's still fast. He still has the ability to take the top off the of defense. And I, I do feel like that's something he can do in this game especially if Josh Jacobs is running well, right? And then you get that play action game going and you start getting those defenders on the second levels coming to suck up right there whenever um, Derek Carr has that play fake. You know, that is the opportunity to get Deshaun Jackson further down the field and over the top or maybe in some of those deep to intermediate, you know, middle of the field routes that he just does so well. I I think that there certainly is an opportunity for that to, to happen in this game. And that's the kind of thing that the Raiders have got to do if they're going to get those explosive plays and win and there you have it the ultimate goal for the Raiders this week is to win that'll keep them in the just win baby (laughs) Miles Simmons here thank you so much again for joining me Miles tell everybody where to find you on social all those handles and anything you got coming out that you want to promote go for it man Yes, uh, everybody can find me at Miles A. Simmons on Twitter. Uh, that is my handle. It is my name, Miles with a Y. And then, of course, you can see me every Wednesday and Friday on the Peacock Network um, where we do PFTPM. That is at 2 o'clock Pacific time. So it's the exclusive streaming home of The Office. So if you haven't you know, downloaded the Peacock app, it is free. So that's where you can find me. Miles, thanks Fantastic. again. I appreciate you. And I'll talk to you soon. Of course, Heidi. Anytime. All right, and that'll do it for the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. Find all the work that we're doing in print and online at VegasNation.com. Give me a follow on Twitter at Heidi Fang, and that'll do it for this episode. I'll be back next week. (laughs) Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today 
and get started with me, the local favorite.